O Lord, open my lips that my mouth may show forth your praise. I'm often talking about terms that don't quite have a perfect translation in English from the gospel. But today I'm going to talk about a term from German that doesn't have quite a perfect translation or an easy translation in Eagle, in, into English, and that's Schadenfreude, which is when we take pleasure at somebody else's misfortune. And we see today's gospel as, an, as a temptation for us into Schadenfreude. And I, I don't know that there's a term, but there really should be a term of when somebody is taking pleasure at somebody else's misfortune and that same misfortune is coming for them. Kind of like in slapstick movies or something where somebody gets hit in the head with something and, and somebody else starts laughing and then the same beam comes around and swings and hits them too. Because we might read this gospel and see the disciples totally miss Jesus' point and we might laugh at them and say, oh, those disciples, they're always missing Jesus' point. Isn't it so great that we're so enlightened? We get it. And we might, too, totally miss Jesus' point. Jesus has just told his disciples, and we, we get this from Matthew, Mark, and Luke. All three of them tell us this is how it went down. He has just told his disciples, we're going to go to Jerusalem, and I'm going to be taken by the Sanhedrin, I'm going to be beaten, I'm going to be tortured, and I'm going to be crucified. So this is the, this is the setup. And James and John come to Jesus and they say, Master, when you come into your kingdom, can we please sit at your right hand and at your left hand? In one of the Gospels, they even have their mom go and ask him instead of themselves going and asking him. And we go, oh, that's so silly. He's just told them he's going to go be crucified. And here they are asking about this earthly power. They want, they want a position in his cabinet, as it were. And not just any positions. They want the best two positions. And Jesus tells the disciples, you see how in the nations those in authority rule over those who are in submission to them. But it will not be so among you. For whoever would be great in the kingdom of God must be a servant. And whoever would be first among you must be the slave of everyone. And we are tempted to think, ah, so the disciples thought that, you know, there was this standard kind of structure of power, like a pyramid. Jesus was going to be at the top, and they want to be at his right and left. And we often hear this passage preached on or talked about and say, saying that Jesus is saying, no, 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 it's really an inverted pyramid, and I'm going to be at the bottom and if you want to be close to me, you have to, you have to serve those and, and you'll, get, you'll still become closer to me. You'll, it's still this kind of power structure. It's just upside down. We call this servant leadership. 
And we hear a lot about this even in the secular business sector, but certainly a lot in, in Christian discussions of leadership. But if, if that's what we think Jesus, Jesus is doing here, is saying, no, don't get power like that, get power like this, then we're missing the point. And we are really saying, coming into the same temptation that James and John and the other disciples are coming into in this passage. Because the point is not the if you would be great in the kingdom of heaven or if you would be first among one another. That's not the point. He's using those terms because he has just said the great among the nations and the first among the nations rule in this way. What he's really after is what he wants his disciples to do, and that is to be the servant of all, and he even intensifies it, to be the slaves of all. Without reservation, no questions. Not just the slaves of each one another, those whom they like, those whom they are friends of, those who they trust. And Jesus shows us this throughout his ministry. He, he tells the disciples, you want to be like me, you have to be the slave of all, because I came into the world not to be served, but to serve. And we see that he didn't just serve those of whom he had earthly connections. He served the foreigner, the Canaanite woman who came to him to have her daughter cured, cured of a demon possession. He served the outcast, the shunned, even those who by his communication with them and his touching of them would, made, would have made him ritually impure, the lepers. And he served even the enemy, the centurion who came to him whose servant was sick, Rome, the oppressor, who was in Judea and who many of his disciples, and this is really kind of what James and John are alluding to, many of his disciples thought he was there to overthrow. They thought that's what the Messiah was going to do. They, they heard that they were going to go to Jerusalem. They didn't hear or chose not to hear why he was going to Jerusalem. They had in their own mind what Jerusalem meant. It meant that he was going to come into power in an earthly sense, and he was going to cast off the Roman oppression. But he served the Romans. He served the centurion who came to him who had a sick servant at home. Not only that, but he elevated him as a prime example of trust in God. So much so that he said, I haven't seen even among anybody here faith like this. And so when we read this passage, we shouldn't think, ah, this is how I get in good. This is how I kind of climb the spiritual ladder. We should think, this is what God asks of me. Because that's ultimately what it boils down to. God asks of us, and either we obey him or we do not. And here he is asking us to be the servants 
and the slaves of all. Of our friends and our families, certainly, but even of those who hate us and those who desire harm for us. And no, this is not easy, and it is only something we can do with the grace of God. Something that hopefully as we've come to this fifth Sunday in Lent, we have been being given, especially during this season. And maybe that's why such a hard teaching comes at this point in Lent. Because it is very difficult. It's easy to say I love somebody. It's easy to say I love my enemy, whatever that means. But it's much harder to serve them. So as we go throughout this one remaining week of Lent, and then the, whole, the Holy Week leading up to our Lord's Passion, may we pray to Christ our God that he would teach us and aid us and give us his grace so that we ourselves may follow him in being the slaves of all. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.